Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. Our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe. Sales are click and deliver only through our website, blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Just looking ahead over the next couple of hours, if you have a pet question, uh, Sinead Kelly, our resident vet, is with us on the show today. Day. So if you have a question about your dog or cat or any other creature you may have that you love, Sinead will answer for you, I promise. Get in touch with us now, 86 658 You can WhatsApp or text me to the show or 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Dr. Dan McCartney is back with us, good friend of ours, a man who's been pushing the case for vitamin D for years. Well, he got in in front of the uh, a rock this yesterday and it seems at long last they're taking notice to what he and other experts have been saying. Dan is with us after three. We'll hear uh, the continuing Adele story and a beautiful song from her as well today. And I have a wonderful lady joining me, joining me today. You don't really hear a lot from women when it comes to managing money or financial advice. Isn't it true? It really is. Mostly over the years here I've talked to men and in so many homes it's the woman of the house who looks after the finances. Kel Gallivan is with me. She's a brilliant book out called Mindful Money and she will help you. I promise you. The seven habits of mindful spending. We're going to talk about them on the show today and we have more besides. Join with us through the afternoon on the numbers I've just given you. Uh, you're very welcome uh, on the show every single day to join in. Now, just before I, I talk to my first guest, and you know him well as well when I tell you who he is, he's been with us many times over the years, I just want to mention, um, I sat uh, after I got in from my walk, I was drowned yesterday evening, but I didn't shower till I heard the Taoiseach speak, and you know, certainly caution was of the essence, but I think with good reason... Given where we are and with Patrick's Day and Easter on the horizon, continued restrictions, well, they are necessary. Schools returning is good news and let's hope that goes well. But I will say, if our government don't deal swiftly with incoming travellers to the country, people coming in from risky places abroad and other places as well, and fail to significantly speed up the delivery of vaccinations, I'm afraid to say the cork will blow from the bottle. There'll be an explosion. There really, really will. So those things have to go hand in hand with us, all of us, knuckling down. It's a big ask, I realise, from late December to May or possibly June. Look, I'll tell you, I feel it myself. We're all frustrated, mad, sad, lonely, worried, concerned. You name it, I could use any number of words to describe the feelings out there. But we just got to endure for this few weeks extra and I know we will because you see our generations have never known what it's like to live through a crisis like this. I know my father and mother's generation and my grandparents did two wars lasting years 
Not a year or anything, years. Uh, the Spanish flu, depressions, you name it. My dad, I remember my dad telling me about the war years and how difficult it was and how little they had and the sacrifices that had to be made. We weren't at war in Ireland, but we were really affected by it deeply. You see, we're the privileged generations. We've enjoyed our freedom, no war, no food shortages, medical science advancing all the time. We could travel anywhere in the world. In general, we had a few bob to do it as well. We had our employment and very good health care. So one more big push, please. There is light at the end of the tunnel. I see it. I see it approaching fast, all going well. And with vaccinations being the route, as Paul Moyne told us yesterday, to a return to a normality. You see, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I have this job and I'm working. And I'm very lucky. I understand that. I'm grateful that I have food on the table, shelter and my health as well. And my hobbies and interests, will they help to keep me going? And I've developed new interests as well over this time that have been able to carry me through as well. And I want to say today I'm extremely grateful because Brian Farley, who's with me, has just made me day. He's given me the perfect mug. Yes, remember a few weeks ago, the book Mr. Perfect? That was my book. I now have the mug to go with it. Thanks, Brian. So that's made my day and I'm really grateful for it. It's lovely to receive a surprise like that. But look, they're my thoughts on the last 24 hours and what's been said We've got to go that little longer and we will come out the other side. And with that in mind, I want to say hello to my next guest because he's lost his livelihood. He can't perform anymore. And he was just on the crest of a wave. Pat Coldrake, welcome back to Late Lunch. Good afternoon, Jerry. Um, some uh, lovely words there and I have to echo everything you say. Um, it is a difficult time and I think you're dead right in what you say about the... Um, the vaccine needs to be uh, out quicker. And certainly, uh, I do not understand why we're still letting people in now the country. Um, but, you know, there is positivity there. We'll hang in for a little bit longer. The days, the evenings are getting longer. Um, spring is in the air. There's nature all around us. And, we, you know, one thing we've learned, I feel, from, from, from this uh, horrible time we're all going through is I think people have become closer I think we're more aware of the important and the small things in life that we used to take for granted. So, um, but, you know, just give it another, hang in there for another few months. It's going to get better. The evenings are going to get longer. It's going to get warmer. Uh, I think there's better days ahead. Ah, well said, Pat. Thank you for those lovely words as well of encouragement to everybody. And look, you are coming from a position where... You know, the world was your oyster. You were flying along the concert bookings, your albums, appearances on radio and more besides everything going for you. And suddenly everything just stops dead pat in its tracks. And realistically, you haven't been able to uh, perform since this happened last March. So, Pat, you know, for you, do you feel, you know, I hear what you're saying. and You're not this type of man. You've, You've changed focus slightly, haven't you? You've had to. I've had to, yeah. I mean, it's been, it was very, very disappointing because uh, 2019 was a great year. Um, we sold at the National Concert Hall and, and uh, there was a lot of bookings booked in for 2020 around the country. There was a whole tour organised. And uh, say the last time I performed was uh, this uh, March last year, early March last year. So everything went, uh, all the bookings, all the um, everything had to be cancelled. And um, oh, it, was, it was terrible. Um, however... Um, being the kind of person that I am, you know, I sit and I dwell. And I said, OK, what am I going to do now or next? Uh, and I've sort of hit that crossroads a few times in my life. But I, I, I don't know if a lot of people realise that, you know, guitar playing and composing, that's one part of my life. 
um, which is my profession at the minute. But there have been other things that I've done, and I have a lot of hobbies. There's things I love to do, and kind of, you know, I, I, I love woodwork, and I've built cars. I've I've done many, many things, and that's what keeps me kind of occupied now at the minute. Is, is I'm putting a lot of attention into my hobbies, and mm. and and uh, putting my energies into into other things, and and. Uh, just trying to chill out, just trying to get on with it, you know. Yes, and uh, occupying the mind is the thing, and uh, physically as well, doing things. Look, the car, come back to this, because <laughs> my, our Louise, my Louise, sent me this picture, and I said, oh. are you lining up a racing driver? Uh, when I saw the picture, she says, mm. no, Pat Coldrick. I said, Pat Coldrick and a car. Explain, please. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Where do I start? Um, there, there was... Something I wanted to do uh, about uh, 15 years, I think it was about 10, 15 years ago now, and that was to um, buy a car, a uh, second-hand car, and completely restore it. And um, I said, you know, there's a challenge, because even though I was um, quite knowledgeable in woodwork, um, I, I see mechanics as kind of similar to woodwork in many ways because there, there's tools to be used and uh, if you have a knowledge of woodwork you'll take the mechanics so I learned mechanics myself I, I learned the basics I mean at the time I, I couldn't have changed the tyre I wouldn't even have wouldn't <laughs> know how to put air in the tyre even so um, I studied online and, and picked up a few pointers here and there and I said okay let's let's do this so I completely stripped down an MR2 a Toyota MR2 sports car uh, it's a 1994 turbo model, beautiful car. I completely stripped it down. I took every nut and bolt of that car. Anything that was connected by a nut or, or and a bolt was disassembled. And there was about a 10 million bits in my gar- in my garage. And everything was uh, cleaned. Uh, parts that I felt needed to be replaced were replaced. And all the paint, I took all all the paint off the car... I literally reversed to production. Um, <laughs> uh, if you can imagine on the on the production line, yes. just reverse the tape <laughs> and go back to square one. And a I love it. And there's a whole uh, line of people putting down various bits into it. So I reversed the whole process and started to rebuild it completely from scratch. And it took me... Uh, now, this wasn't full-time. This was yes. a hobby. This was a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was... Uh, I was um, working in woodwork at the time, so I needed something to channel my energies and creative energies. I wasn't playing music at the time, so I completely restored and built the car on my own. And the funny thing about it was, um, I, anything I didn't know what to, anything I didn't know about, I went online and I joined a few um, car clubs, asked various members, and they. And the great thing about the internet is that there's, it will tell you or show you how to do anything you want to do, mm. step by step. And I'm practically minded, Jerry. So I followed various steps on how to do certain things. And anyway, uh, to make a long story short, the car was done all together. The final nut and screw torqued up, put the key in, and I was sort of waiting, saying a hail mary that the whole thing wouldn't blow up. And it started first time, and it's been going <laughs> like a dream ever since. So it, was, <laughs> it was a great achievement. And oh, wonderful! I don't, don't realise people that see the car. Did they? Oh my God! It's it, it's it's just um, an incredible example of of uh, because it's per- it, it really is perfect. I mean, yes. the paint job was absolutely Conquer's style uh, standard, 
and uh, the car is literally brand new. I mean, mm. Most of the parts are new and there's zero mileage on it. It's, it's a show car now. Oh, it's a head turner, Pat, and it turned oh, my yeah. head when I saw it and I wanted to talk to you about it. But you see, I cite this as an example, Pat, of what you were yeah. talking about uh, and what we were talking Like, you know me, fishing is restricted. We're not going to get the spring of mayfly fishing in the west of Ireland this year. This was second year. There will be local fishing, please God, in a while and we'll avail of that. We'll adapt. You know, I love my garden and this weekend is a big one. We get going with everything out there as well. I'm reading more. I've taken up walking for a special reason as well. well so, done. Yeah, so, I'm, you know, I'm just giving these as examples of things I'm trying to do as well, like you. But this is really what we want to say to listeners today. This is going to go on a while longer. But Pat, the sky's the limit. The world's your oyster or lobster, isn't it, really? It really is. I agree with you there. I mean, what I would say to anybody listening is is that everybody has a gift and a creative gift. I am convinced of that. It might be music. It might be art. It might be um, art and music. Um, people are great with their hands if they just let themselves use them. And there are so many things that one can do to keep themselves busy or occupied and and even even t- you know buy an instrument take um learn learn how to play the guitar like I, I taught myself anything I've done in life I taught myself what, how how to do it so if I can do it anybody can do it and now on YouTube there's there's, there's free lessons on YouTube you know to show a guy with a guitar has never laid a finger on it and it takes you from step one on to becoming a virtuoso mm. so and music is a great comfort. Uh, to anybody during sort of hard times. And um, you can take a step further and then you can write your own music and you record your own music. Everything can be done within your four walls. So I I would recommend that, that, like myself, to keep busy, um, focus your attention on hobbies and projects and buy an instrument, take up an instrument, play, play music, you know. Yeah, lots of things you can do. Do you know, Pat? I watched this program, and um, just shows you the type of person I am. Called the Joy of Painting with Bob Ross. He's a really? famous. I don't know whether you know him. He's a big. I do. You do know Bob, do you? And he's he's long passed away, but he's a, a, an amazing man as well, like yourself, Pat, who really was self taught and took up something and became a phenomenon. And his legacy yeah. lives on today. But they're rerunning his programs, The Joy of Painting, on BBC Four yeah. Monday to Thursday at seven thirty, folks. If you're interested, just to watch this man in action yeah, but pa- really Pat I, I, I couldn't paint a wall I failed art at school I'm absolutely no, useless no no no, no. I, I would be the same as well you only think that until you try and, and, and you, you know try it if, if you feel you would love to do it that's all you need that's all the incentive you need try it okay you're going to mess up for the first while right. it's like learning anything that's new it's going to uh, but the great thing about the human body is that you will adapt mm. if your heart is in it and you really want to do this and you, you would love to be able to paint a particular style of painting as good as, we'd say, one of the great painters. You can actually do it. My, oh, my. You know, but you must put the time in. Yes. You know, but I can, one thing, 100% assure you that if you do do that and you're... and your heart is in it, you will achieve anything you want to achieve. No Pat, thanks. Thanks. I needed that talking to back in uh, in, in my intercert year when I didn't make the grade on it. I didn't take it for the leaving cert, right. I can tell you. But it just shows you, Pat, it is very true. Yeah. It, it, we all have a... In inbuilt talent within all of us that we may not realise. And you know something you said there? This is the message to get across. Mm. Even with our five kilometre confinement and confinement to our homes as well, my word, Pat, it's not confinement at all. It's... Unimaginable what we can do. 
I, I, I agree. I, I know it's not easy. And yeah. People would criticise me for saying, you know, I mean, it would be nice to get outside the box. Of course, box. of course. But, but there is, there is many, many things you can do. You just got to think outside the box a little bit more and get out of your normal routine. Because for years, and you're right in what you said earlier about, you know, we've been very privileged in our kind of generation growing up. We've had things pretty easy, you know, compared to our parents mm. and their grandparents. Mm. Um, but there is a lot you can do, you know. I mm. mean, f- five mile radius isn't too bad. No, nope. you know, I no, know no. the weather isn't great. But this is what I said to you earlier. Now with the evenings coming in uh, a bit longer and warmer, I mean, I remember last summer everybody was out having barbecues and doing things in yes. the garden. It didn't seem too bad. This winter was always going to be going yeah. to be tough. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you know what? Do you know what, Pat? I say this to people: it's worth this uh, long haul now to yes. prevent. Another winter like the one we've experienced, Pat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, that's exactly it, Jerry. And this is what I say. Listen, guys, we've not, we're ninety percent through this now. We've struggled through a really long, dark winter. The news and the you know that has been bad, and it's all been all been bad news in the media. But listen, we've, we're getting there. We're ninety percent there now, and another ten percent hanging there, and we won't have to go through another lockdowns like we're going. And there, you know, so things are def- definitely the. 120% going to get better from now on. And this man will sell out the National Concert Hall again and he'll be back touring Ireland and abroad, I promise you, and we're looking forward well, to hearing, so. hearing him. You so, will, Jerry. Pat, you will, yeah. you will, of course, and we know uh, this is not the first time for you. You came through so much in your life, you know, and then picked up the guitar and look at where it led you and there's more, uh, more, more ahead for uh, Pat Coldrick, that's exactly. for sure. Now, Pat, we're going to say goodbye to you today with one of your songs because I want to remind listeners of your talent and you've picked this one and we have it lined up tell them about it angelica what's the story of this tune um this 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 tune is, is quite a happy tune um it's 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 a tune i wrote for my mom who passed away uh, a couple of years ago now and you know people would normally write kind of a sad song in memory of but i wanted to sort of create a piece of music which had a kind of every time i think and i see my mom i always see her smiling because she she always smiled, even when things were going bad for her. She always looked out for others, and I always remember her with a smile on her face. And so I wrote this song in her memory called Angelica. Her name is Angela, yeah. and uh, I wanted to remember uh, with a smile. So I think the 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 the, the spirit in this piece of music um, will, I hope cheer up your listeners today and uh, hope they enjoy it. Ah, oh, they will, Pat. And let me say this. Uh, I must get out that paintbrush and get a few little Ew. squirts of paint and give it a stroke again and see what I can do. You put the thought in my mind here this afternoon. But and look, Pat. So thanks, uh, Jerry. And may, may I congratulate you on your walk for, for Slav. Ah, oh, thanks. wonderful thing that you're doing. Ah, oh, thank you so much, man. man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm privileged to do that as well, Pat. And Good I'm man. trying to just help somebody else uh, who are uh, in a more, much more difficult uh, situation than most of us at this time. Time uh, slab, sixteen years of age, just to remember him. But look, Pat, I want to remember your mother Angela with this song, and, and may I also dedicate it to all who've lost somebody during yes, this pandemic. Absolutely. There are thousands of people have lost their lives in Ireland and millions across the world. But we remember them today with Pat Coldrick yes. and Angelica. Thank you, Pat. Thanks very much, Jerry.
just thinking, anybody listening today take up a new hobby or doing something new since the lockdown? Pat just mentioned they're playing the guitar. I was talking about painting. Anybody else take up something new and enjoying it? Let me know so as we can let the rest of them know as well that here's somebody doing something new and it's working out great for you. If you've taken up something new, tell me. Please tell me about it. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me now to the show or you can call in at 1850-715-958. Antoinette, that's a lovely message there. I'm just going to read it. We are not stuck at home. We're safe at home. When we change our thinking, everything changes. The world is closed for renovation Grand reopening soon. I love it, Antoinette. I really, really do. Big birthday today. Yes, Peggy Connolly from Prayerland in Dundalk is 80. Happy birthday. It's also her and Jackie, the husband's 61st wedding anniversary today. That comes in from all of your family. Jacqueline, Dom and grandchildren, Liam and Kira in New Zealand. Caroline and Jerry in Dublin. Collins and Rebecca in Kilkenny. Lindsay, Barry and grandchildren. Noel and Aideen in Armagh. My word. Happy birthday. Happy anniversary to you, the Connollys in Priorland in Dundalk. Have a great day. This is for you. Many happy years. And for everybody out there, remember the theme of this song and the title, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now from Starship. Yeah, Starship there and uh, nothing's going to stop us now. It ain't going to stop us for the next hour and a half or so on late lunch after news and weather at two. More money, more freedom, more happiness. Why wouldn't you want to hear about it? Yes, Kel Galvin. Kel Galvin is with us next. Just reminding you again, this Saturday we have live commentary on four Premier League matches on the LMFM app or by clicking on the Listen tab on the LMFM website. We have league leaders Man City taking on rejuvenated West Ham at half 12 and Leeds are up against Aston Villa later in the evening at 5.30. Remember, you can get closer to the action with Premier League Live with Now TV. Stream all the action from Sky Sports on the Now TV Sky Sports Pass. So there you are. You can watch or listen to a lot of Premier League action this coming weekend on Now TV or here with us on LMFM Radio. What's that painting programme you were talking about, Jerry? It's The Joy of Painting. It's on BBC4, 730 Monday to Thursday with Bob Ross. It's brilliant. It's so soothing, so enjoyable. I really sit down with a cup of tea most evenings and watch it. A message from a listener. Our Jerry, Pat's mam. That's Pat Coldrick. He was with us top of the show. Angela was a wonderful woman. I remember many a time having a chat with her in Woodlands in Navin. Uh, I'll put your question about olive oil and vitamin D to Dan McCartney, whoever you are, a little bit later on when he joins us on the show. Somebody there has given up the booze six months now and they're really enjoying it. Somebody else has taken up drinking for uh, the lockdown. Well, 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 the contrast there. And that uh, track I paid from uh, Pat's album is called Ophelia, the album. The album is called Ophelia and the track was Angelica. Now, money, freedom, happiness. Are you listening? Oh, your ears are pricking up now, that's for sure. My next guest, well, 2018 was a defining year for her because she felt her life was running away from her. She was commuting, working all hours, not seeing her children. And guess what she did? She quit her job. Yes, quit completely. 2019, the following year, she went on a path of no spending and no spend year. And listen to this. She saved €27,000. Now comes the book. It's called Mindful Money, More Money, More Freedom, More Happiness. And I'm delighted to say hello to Kel Gallivan. Hello, Kel. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Well, I want to put my cards on the table here from the start to say a couple of things. Firstly... 
in my lifetime on this show, when I talk about money, Kel, it's mostly to men. And yet, I was just thinking, most houses, you know, the women organise the finances. Is that a fair comment? Um, in a way, I suppose, like because most households, whether you kind of are realising it or not, there's the budget that you work with. Yeah. And I, I do think, yes, like in the media and stuff, there there are a lot of guys and a lot of kind of financial gurus and stuff out there, and they are mainly men. Yeah. Um, but but, but in, to be fair, I, I think women underestimate how good they could be with money. Yeah. Yes. I, I really do. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm sure I remember back to my late mother's time and everything, how she managed on little, do you know what I mean, to keep the show on the road. And she was brilliant at it, like so many other women right across the country then and since. Look, let me ask you this to start for our listeners. I'm very curious. When you finished that year in 2019, on the 1st of January 2020, did you go, yes, and go back to what you were doing? No. And I actually, I genuinely thought I would. And I suppose to put it in context for some of your listeners, like I gave up alcohol, I gave up uh, takeaways, eating out, buying clothes, dyeing my hair. That was a big thing for me now, I have to admit. Mm. Um, and during the year, like the beginning of the year was kind of tough. And, and there was loads of reasons why I even did it in the first place. But um, as the year went on, I actually realised I didn't miss most of these things. And you know, not having alcohol for the year, I was actually so much healthier and, and better. And because we had a food budget going on, we actually ate a lot healthier. So when the new year came around, I wasn't rushing towards it at all because we'd all these lovely, well, I found, and it took a while to find them all, but habits built into our lives where we were outdoors more, we were doing more things as a family than maybe we were doing before. It was just, it was a different way of being. Mm. So even though now I, I would have a glass of wine or whatever now, um, a lot of the stuff I did keep. So I, I actually haven't dyed my hair since. Um, and I do, for anybody who hasn't seen my face, I do have a good bit of grey going on. But I, I, I kind of like it now. I've kind of grown into it. I think Let me say it suits you. I'm looking at you here, looking at me from the front cover of the booth. It's <laughs> absolutely perfect. But here's the thing. You have children and, of course, uh, another half as well. How did they feel? Did they just go with the flow? As you said, you had there were real benefits to this. Is, is that the way it worked out, that for everybody it was much better life? It's... Everything, there's always an adjustment period to yeah. these things. But for me, like I stepped back for all the reasons you said, but also I, I wanted a more balance in my life and I wanted to be around more. And that was my choice. Mm. I kind of thought, look, I can always work, but I can never rewind time to, to their childhood again. So I loved it and I had a lot more time with them. My children might differ at times because having their mum around the house more there's a, bit, <laughs> there's a bit more to that. There's fewer, fewer freedoms. But I did I did try and build it in that it wouldn't be too onerous on them. So, for yeah. example, Jerry, I um, I said I'd give them control over their pocket money for the year. Because since we were on a food budget and stuff, I wasn't going to be buying as many kind of impulsive things. Yes. And they loved that. But with the with anything with me, there comes a few little rules. So I gave them their pocket money, which was their age in, in per week in pocket money. Mm. And what they had to do was they had to save some. Yeah. I want to instill that in the early. They have to spend some because mm. I think it's important to have balance and enjoy yourself. Yeah. And then the third part is they had to save some and give it to charity. Mm. And the charity part actually worked out really well, even better than the other two. And I wasn't sure if it would or not, but um, we I got them to save up for a while. And then with charity, they had to pick out their own charity. So they picked out, um, it was an animal shelter, a local animal shelter. Yes. Um, they saved up a few euro or whatever. And I rang the animal shelter and I said, look, can we pop out and let them see, you know, the animals? And they, said, they were brilliant. They said, yes, of course. And then we went out 
and they showed the kids the animals and the kids were delighted and they were handing over the money and they left and they, like, we were there for, for ages and just seeing all these poor little pets and things and the kids felt so good knowing that their money was was going towards this animal shelter and that actually was a real high point I wasn't expecting at all from it and they loved it and to this day they still do the exact same thing. Isn't that fantastic? Now here's something that just roared off the pages of your book to me. One third of money we spend on unnecessary things and that's across all demographics and income levels. Yeah, so when I was doing the book, I kind of, it is about the no spend year and it's about the habits that I got from it, but I wanted to put it in context and in an Irish context because there aren't many books that are really dedicated to us and what we're doing on a daily basis. So I pulled out all the stats from the CSO and my eyes were opened because like, no matter what your income is, it's coming through in the numbers that there's about a third of our income, no matter what, whether your income is 12,000 or 200,000, about a third of it just goes on things that is not food, not accommodation, mm. not, you know, all, and, and it just seems to kind of disappear on us. Yes. And that's where I kind of went, wow, okay. So that's where simple little habits that you can put into place could help curb that because if yes. you had a third of your income back in your pocket, my oh my, what would that be? Oh, listen, wouldn't <laughs> it just be fantastic? And the other thing that COVID has uh, borne out, and we, we, we know this now, and, and, and you've been writing about it, is that saving has nothing to do with income, but rather spending. And like Irish saving has gone through the roof because we're not spending. Yes. Yeah, and it is. And like I will always, always, always say it's about balance. And when it comes to spending, it's just... And helping people to sit back and go, okay, is this going to make my life a bit better? Mm. You know, or am I buying it because I'm bored or I'm tired or everybody else seems to have one? But if it's not going to make you actually a little bit happier or that little bit better, and as the the often term is like, you'll spark joy. But it's true when you kind of break it down and figure out, okay, I'll buy this because I need it and I want it and it'll make me Mm. happier overall. Mm. And if you can do that, you'll find that you need fewer things they'll work better and then there's money left over for savings to get rid of that loan or whatever yes. that's been hanging around your neck for a while. Yeah, it's so true. And uh, you do say, of course, the uh, the famous saying, money can't buy you happiness, but if you don't have it, you certainly won't uh, have peace of mind or security or health. We know all these things as well. But look, let's cut to the chase here. In, a, in, in some words, can you just sum up, what is mindful spending, the subject of this book? In I suppose in short, it is... You work hard for your money. You've gone through education, training, all that stuff. You've spent years working wherever it is you've been working. And in return for that, you get a salary. And that salary has to cover everything in your life from your food on your table to the roof over your head to the pension that you'll be drawing from in years gone by or in years to come. And being mindful with it is just slowing down and going, well, what will move me forward? What will make my life better? And once you start thinking like that, the spending choices become easier mm. and not harder. And you don't feel the deprivation and you kind of go, well, actually, yeah, I, I want my money towards this. And then naturally you'll pull away from things that don't make you happier and don't make life better. And savings just appear. Yeah. And, you know, the benefits are, are just not monetary. You mentioned about savings there. But as you've said to me a few moments ago, this just permeates all aspects of your life then from there. Yeah, it does. Um, it was, like, overall, like 
I was working in the farm industry for 16 years and as much as I loved it, it was long hours and I was away from the kids a lot and my quality of life wouldn't have been as good as what it is now and overall I'd be on a lesser income but we're saving more. We seem to have way more money than what we did before and our quality of life and our balance and the things we do as a family, it just seems so much easier than what it did before. Oh, isn't that lovely to to reflect on, you know, the greater benefits of all this. Now, in the book, you outline which uh, many people would benefit, in my belief, from by reading this carefully and trying to implement it. The seven habits of mindful spending. And look, we won't have time to go through them all, but uh, you need to get this book, folks, because that's how you you learn all this. And it is well worth getting and learning, let me say. Just picking out like one of them, and it is the first one. And I could, just to run through them, it's pay yourself first, rainy day fun, mindful cash flow, no spend days, use mindfully, mindful minimalism and digital minimalism. And that's an interesting one. But say, pay yourself first. What do you mean by that? Um, that is, it's a quite an esoteric one in one sense. And when I got my head around it and the penny dropped, it changed money altogether. So like I was saying before, you work hard for your income, right? And you gave away a lot of hours of your life to get that income in. And if you don't put a bit of money aside for yourself, be it in a pension or savings or overpaying on a bit of debt or whatever, and you rock up to the end of the month and you've nothing to show for it and nothing to put into savings. All your money has gone out on on other things and you don't even know where half it's gone. What was the point of that month? So paying yourself first, that little bit of money, even if it's only 20 euro that you put into a savings fund, that is the money that you've really, truly earned that month that is yours, that has moved you that little bit forward. Yes, so you must start from that point and be a little self, you know, uh, rewarding and, and do that initially and then you go go on through the rest. That seventh one you have in there, digital minimalization, and I know about that, you know, people, geez, I can't leave the thing down at times and that's just here, like, you know, I work in an area that I'm connected nearly all of the time. But the other thing that struck me about that digital minimalization is this. If you're not on as much, you're not going to go online and buy nonsense, that one third of your money that you spend on unnecessary things. You've hit the nail on the head right there. <laughs> and I think we underestimate how how much of our lives are online now and how noisy it can be. And it can be really draining from an energy perspective. Mm. But if you kind of tidy it up, and I have a little system in there where to help people tidy it up and make it easier, then overall you're not as bombarded with newsletters and buy me and this shiny new thing. And, and if you're not bombarded with that, you've more headspace and you can make clearer choices. Yes, yes. Can I, I just want to open a page on the book here in particular. <laughs> I've been right through it for the last few days and I love it. I want to say to listeners, I love this book. It's brilliant. It's a new angle altogether. It's fresh. And I, I, I'll tell you this, if you get this, you will be uh, in the money and much happier for it. I just opened the page 185, the weekly grocery numbers. This is interesting. This was through the year uh, of 2019 and then you compared it with the previous year. You know, when you did an analysis on your weekly grocery spend and you saved €4,848.32 to be precise. 50%, Kel. Yeah, that was an eye-opener for me. So what I, I did was I I do love my numbers. I am a bit of a, a number nerd, but I would have always kind of tracked my budgets and I kind of, we were always up in around the 200 euro per week. Yeah. So 
So I thought, right, for the no spend year, I was going to just really push it. I said, I'll keep it easy. I'll keep it round number. We'll half it. We'll go to 100 euro. And I didn't think that I wasted much food. And I didn't think that we overspend. But I thought we'll aim for it and go for it. And as it turns out that I I, I ended up cutting it in half, yes. But a lot of it was from believe it or not, a food waste perspective. Yeah. So I started backwards. I started looking at what I was putting in my, my composting bin and what I was putting in my rubbish bin. And then I would look at what's in the fridge and I'd see, okay, well, what are we always throwing out? And I realised I was throwing out heads of lettuce left, right and centre. So i try and prioritise that kind of stuff. But then I'd look at the freezer and I'd have mints there from two years ago thinking I'll get around to using it. So once I started looking at this from, what I, from food waste and what I already had in the house, well, that was the most of the savings right there. And I honestly didn't think they would be there until I started doing it. And when you use what you have and work backwards and stick to your shopping list, that's a huge one. It it just works out. Well, that figure alone, I'm just waiting to see her as being the new family on the Aldi ad. We shopped and we saved. You're ahead of that ad. Before that ad ever hit the televisions, you had it sussed out. And, and you write about it in this book. Um you know, what started as, you know, a lifestyle change has really opened up something quite different for you now, hasn't it? Did you ever believe you'd be, you know, in this sphere, writing in these terms? You know, when you think back to that rushing about commuting all hours of the day back just a few short years ago. Not a chance. Yeah. I, I, I honestly thought when I was stepping back for that year, it was just for a year. Mm. That's, I, I really did. But as it turns out, uh, I'm on Instagram at Mrs. Money HQ if anybody wants to follow me. But that kind of took off. And then I got chatting with Orphan Press and they said, look, let's let's make this into a book and see where it goes. And now actually my, my job, for a better phrase now, is that I'm starting to be a QFA and I help mentor people uh, with money and budgeting and that sort of thing and mm. see where life takes it from there. But I could not have predicted that a couple of years ago. Not a chance. This book jumped out at me when I heard about it and then received it and I've been right through it, as I said, and enjoyed all you've had to say in it. I think it's simply brilliant. Wow. Thank you, Jerry. It is. It It really is. And uh, (laughs) it's one that I think if you had it in your home and you work even aspects of it, like you don't have to take it word for word, but there, you know, you can pick and choose aspects in here that would change things with your life. But I think it's a win-win scenario for uh, everybody. You've done a brilliant job and it's turned into something special. And I was really looking forward to chatting to you today. And it's been great. And I want to say to my listeners, the name of the book is Mindful Money, More Money, More Freedom, More Happiness. And it's by Kel Gallivan. And you can check her out as well. Mrs. Smart Money That's you, isn't it? That is me, yes. Oh, great name. She is smart with the old bobs. You won't go wrong. You'll thank her every day of your life, I promise you. It's been great to chat to you. I hope we do chat again on the show. And I wish you well with the book. And I'm going to give uh, my copy away to listeners now to help them along the way. Thank you so much. You're great. Jerry. it's been a pleasure. Take care of yourself, Kel. Nice to talk to you. Bye-bye. That's Kel Gallivan there. Bye-bye. Mrs. Smartmoney.com. I'm reluctant to give it away. I've said this before, but this is one I am reluctant to give away, but I am going to give it away. I'm generous. Brian brought me in the mug. I have to return a favour to somebody else out there this afternoon. Do you want this? Do you want this book? Okay, Mindful Money. If you were listening to Late Lunch the last couple of weeks, here's the question to win the book, right? Decimalisation. We had the 50th anniversary recently, okay? The old pound. The old pound before decimalisation. 
how many shillings were in an old pound? An old, old pound before the punt. How many shillings in an old pound? She's all of access to everything there to look it up. Answers, please, to 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text and I'll pick somebody for this book. It will make a difference in your life, money-wise and more, I promise you. Late Lunch LMFM Radio, still to come on the show. Sinead Kelly, our vet, is with us. If you have any questions, get them into us as well. She can answer the phone book, that woman. And a little bit later on, the Adele story continues and we're talking about vitamin D. Jerry, we're talking about the lockdown earlier in the programme and how tough it is this time. A courier left this at my door yesterday. Really cheered me up. Great to have good friends, says Aidan. It's beautiful. Two lovely uh, collections of flowers. They're gorgeous, Aidan. They really are. And whoever sent those to you, well done to them. Those little touches make a huge, huge difference to people. They really, really do. Just want to remind you, Drogheda District Chamber would like to invite you to their tips and advice for working remotely on Friday from 9.15am. It's presented by Cahill Divoli, CEO of Great Place to Work. It's an online event. Uh, focusing on learning how great workplaces support and manage their people when they're working remotely. To register, visit drahadachamber.ie or you can email the wonderful Irene at drahadachamber.ie for more details. God, I went walking yesterday. Oh, what an evening. I was washed. I was like drowned rat when I got back. I really was, but got me 40 minutes. Did almost five kilometres yesterday, which was great. In the pouring rain and wind and everything besides, but felt great afterwards, hopped in the shower. I've never been as clean. I'm washed every day now. It's amazing. It's incredible, so it is. But look, just reminding you again of Slav Vavro. He's 16. He's on a three-year cancer journey. He's been abroad twice for groundbreaking treatment and he has to have more now. And he's a great fella and he keeps going every single day. And I'm walking 40 minutes for the next 40 days and abstaining from alcohol for the duration as well to... uh, Push this little fella's case, this young man's case, to keep it in the mind's eye of people. And if you can at all, I understand times are tough, but if you can at all, GoFundMe.com and look for Oxygen for Slav and every donation is appreciated. And thanks to you all for your wonderful support and encouragement. It really is tremendous. Now, big birthday time. Uh, request is just dropped on to my desk here. I wonder, Jerry, could you do me a big favour and wish Nancy McCormick from Meadstown, Dunderry, County Meath, a big happy 90th birthday today happy birthday Nancy that comes in from our great grandchildren I'm going to name them all Rian Kayla Dara Sean Layla Connor Evan Emily Harry Quaylon and Donica got them all in there they are just so proud of you and they say to me would there be any chance Jerry, you could play her favourite song of all time Danny Boy Nancy McCormick just for you Oh, Danny boy. Our f- good friend on Late Lunch, Daniel O'Donnell there with Danny Boy to mark Nancy McCormick's 90th birthday today. And I also want to dedicate that, this is really special, to Rita Moran from Navin, who retires today from the care section of the HSE after 43 years. That comes in from Sandra Connor and all of the people who are and have worked with her who've been in touch with. There have been others in touch as well about Rita to say, mention her today, Jerry. She's a wonderful lady. Rita, we never thank you for all the great work you did over those 43 years. May you have a happy retirement and your friends are going to miss you. They really are. And I want to 
uh, say today again to all carers out there, you're doing a wonderful, wonderful job at this difficult, difficult time. We owe you. We can never repay you. But Rita Morn, retiring today after 43 years. Very best wishes. And that one from Daniel is for you too. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. How's your pussy? How's your dog? How's your mouse? How's your rabbit? Well, if there's a problem... Now's your chance. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me. Our vet, Sinead Kelly, coming next. Helen in Trims caught the mouse. Major announcement. I'd say it'll be on the three o'clock news. She was telling us last week about the mouse in her house and she's got it at last. Well done, Helen. Uh, Jerry, I've always been a movie buff and I've nearly watched every movie in the last uh, number of months. But I started reading books again. You were talking about taking up a ho- hobby, uh, says Flaming Eamon from Trim. Uh, I've, I enjoyed books when I was a child, but I've taken them up again. I'm reading Enid Blyton and Roald Dahl. Well done to you. Bridie sent me in a picture of her weaving. She's taken up weaving uh, during the lockdown. Looks lovely, I have to say. It's time for one of our regulars. So popular on late lunch. I'm delighted to say hello again to Vet Sinead Kelly. Hi, Sinead. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Let's get straight to business. Listen to this. Please help. I got a kitten about three months old at this stage a few weeks ago and he's made our three-year-old cocker spaniel very jealous. When you shout at the cat to get down, the dog runs out of nowhere after the cat as if to berate him. When you go to pet the cat, the dog runs in between it uh, to get the attention. It's like Tom and Jerry with a dog and cat here. I'm dizzy chasing them round the uh, house. Help, Sinead. Oh, Lord. Okay, right. So I think you probably need to go back to basics, really. Um... First of all, I think you need to make sure that you are spending kind of one-on-one, you know, time with the dog every day. So I'm hoping that the dog is getting out for at least two or three, you know, good walks and runs out with, with you or with another family member, you know, during the day. They're getting lots of exercise and stimulation activity. Um, and as well as that, during the day, they're getting lots of one-on-one attention where you're cuddling the dog and stroking the dog and giving hugs and things like that. So presuming you're doing all that, um, I think then what you need to do really is probably because the reality is that it is reasonably easy to train a dog it is pretty impossible to train a cat um so essentially i would say it sounds like there is definitely some feeling uh, that the dog is feeling a little left out or a little pushed out by by the cat and the problem is that because cats are so able to jump up on every surface the dog is almost certainly looking at the cat on the work surface on the kitchen table everywhere and i'm imagining that probably the dog isn't able and isn't allowed to get up on these surfaces. So I think what you need to do is once you've made sure that your dog is secure and confident with his relationship with you, you need to be more careful about how you devote time and attention to the cat. And so that's probably going to be um, doing it when the dog is not around. Now that sounds a little bit crazy. And I, I would imagine you maybe had some nice ideas that the dog and the cat were going to cuddle up together and live happily ever after forever and ever. Now, unfortunately, that's, you know, not hugely likely. So essentially, if you get a puppy and a kitten or a dog and a cat together and they grow up together, then they do tend to get along pretty well together. Um, they they kind of grow up thinking they're each the other. Um, you know, they, they both just think they are they are similar creatures. Um, if you have, you know, one comes before or after the other, there's always going to be a little bit of a feeling of displacement or usurpment uh, from one to the other. Um, and, and so essentially, if you've had the kitten has come in, the kitten, because it's 
going to be going through a critical period and getting used to all these different things. It will just accept that the dog is another creature in the family and will be quite happy with him. The dog, on the other hand, uh, presumably has had no contact or minimal contact with cats or kittens. And, and especially if that dog had no contact with kittens during his own critical phase, which would have been up to about 16 to 18 weeks of age, essentially the dog is going to regard the cat as a very foreign being invader creature. So number one, um, quite apart from getting feelings of jealousy or obstruction, you may actually get feelings of aggression in that the dog is, is really not going to like this this cat. So first of all, you need to be very careful. Um, I speak from a little bit of experience. Um, we obviously know a beloved Cleo, who is Her Royal Highness. Um, we got um, two kittens last summer, uh, rescue kittens. And uh, what I find now is that um, I, we just have to be careful. The kittens love Cleo. One of the kittens in particular is actually we laugh that he is in love with Cleo. Um, but Cleo just wants them to stay afar. So she's quite happy to nosy them and have a little sniff. But if, if she gets woken up by cat invading her face, jumping onto her head, she's going to react angrily and crossly and have a snap. Um, now, we have been trying for the last eight or nine months to get Cleo used to and adjusted to these kittens. And Cleo is a dog who is used to cats, um, but she just doesn't like this invasion of her, of her own personal space. And like I say... Cats are very difficult to train. And no matter how many times our cat, uh, Merlin, has been given the very clear warning in dog language of, you know, please do go away or I'm going to bite you, he just keeps coming back for more. Um, so I think that, that you're going to have this issue with your kitten and your dog that your number one thing is going to be safety. Um, so I would never leave them on their own unsupervised together. And I would think, again, you're going to have to make sure that the dog has one-on-one -on -one time and the, cat and, uh, the kitten has one-on-one -on -one time. And then if you're wanting to get them used to each other, then you need to be there in the room with the kitten and the dog and trying to give them both attention, maybe one on each side, but again, making sure that there's no danger or there's not enough reach for the dog to grab the cat because it's going to be a very difficult scenario for your dog to get used to. Um, if you're finding that, that you're not getting anywhere with that, the best solution is an animal behaviourist. Uh, there's a number of different animal behaviourists. Um, you'll be able to look them up on, online in Ireland. Um, there are some very, very, very experienced people out there and they will be able to have a chat with you over the phone or by email and then they can arrange to come to your house and give you further advice and probably with a very complex situation where you're getting repeated incidents, um, especially where there's danger that the dog is going to injure the cat, you know, you may have to have the behaviours actually come and witness you in your house, almost like super nanny, and observe everything. So okay. uh, don't ignore it. You might think, oh, it's funny, or the dog's jealous. Mm. A dog can very easily kill a cat. Okay, okay. Uh, and just in one word, uh, there was a second part of that question. At three months, is it okay to let a kitten outdoors? They're just afraid it won't come back. Don't let it out. Don't let the kitten out until it's at least six months and neutered okay. and vaccinated. Yeah, so it needs to be fully vaccinated and neutered. neutered um, and also, uh, dead right, I mean, it may not come back because it'll not be quite old enough to actually realise where home is. So absolutely not. No, okay. no, no. Wait until neutered and vaccinated and six months plus. OK, let's move on to our four-legged friends. Thank you for this one. Could my dog's hearing be failing? Only responds when he looks at me when I call... Only, it's a horse. Sorry, I beg your mm. pardon. She only responds when I call her now and she's looking at me face on. Ten-year-old Cocker Spaniel, Sinead. Yeah, 
I mean, in the same way that humans uh, can uh, lose their hearing as they get older, uh, so can dogs. So essentially, in old age, uh, it happens in pretty much every every mammalian species. Uh, in the same way that we get arthritis in the different joints in our body, um, our middle ear is made up of three bones, the hammer, the anvil and the stirrup. And so what happens is you can get arthritic change between the bones. And so if you have arthritis in these bones, the conduction of sound is, is affected. So it's not at all unusual for, for dogs to get, you know, alterations in their hearing. What I would do, first of all, is maybe have a look down the ears yourself and see is there any abnormal smell, is there very um, a lot of wax, is there any discharge, because I suppose you need to rule out any kind of ear infection or any kind of external ear canal issue. Once you've, once you've eliminated that, you're almost certainly looking at a kind of, um, you know, age-related hearing issue, and there's not going to be really anything you can do to fix that, but now that you know or you suspect it, you're going to have to make sure that you're relying on sight and touch to get the dog to do things so it may be that when before you would have just said something or said sit you you uh, may be going to have to get a hand gesture associated with that um, or, or put pressure on his bum use treats so every time you're saying sit even though we can't hear it you're raising your hand upwards towards your body and with the other hand you're pushing his bum to the ground so he actually begins and you're giving him a treat mm. um, so it's just retraining and dogs actually cope really really well losing their hearing it'd be really really common finding in older, in older dogs and, and they cope just fine Okay, now here's one that's just uh, dropped in to us on 086 1800 658 WhatsApp or text. If you want to fire in a question, we just might get to it. Or if we don't, we'll hold it over till next time with Sinead. And, and I'm sure you've answered this in the context of dogs before. But listen to this. Jerry, our cat has begun regurgitating its food for the last number of weeks. And it's every time now. Is this abnormal? Yeah, I mean, certainly if it's something they didn't do before. Okay, so probably people who have cats are aware that sometimes, especially if they eat very, very quickly, or if they eat too much in one sitting, or maybe if they over-groom a lot or they're very long-haired, they can do kind of regurgitations or, or, or vomits, you know, on a regular basis. Uh, and I tend not to get worried about those as long as the animal is still managing to keep down its food every day and we're still, we're not losing weight and it's not happening after, uh, you know, on a regular daily basis. If this is happening every Every day for the last few weeks, um, I think you need to get that investigated at your at your own vet. Um, and again, it's an important differentiation: is it regurgitation or is it vomiting? So again, some people may not be aware um, that there is a difference between the two. So regurgitation is a kind of passive action, and it's basically where food that is either still in the esophagus or has literally just hit the stomach just literally comes comes back up again when the dog lowers its head or the cat lowers its head. It's like a gravity thing. So there's no active, you know, abdominal muscular contraction. There's no active gastric contraction. And that's as opposed to a vomit. And if anybody remembers seeing a cat or a dog or a human vomit, it's a pretty violent process. So you get, you know, contraction of the abdominal muscles. You often get a lot of vocalization. Um, you get, you know, um, the, the stomach con- contractions. So active vomiting is very different to passive regurgitation. And the reason that's important is that there are different causes of regurgitation to the causes of vomiting. So sometimes uh, regurgitation can be caused if there is a problem with the esophagus. So that's the the gullet or the tube between the mouth and the stomach so you can get a problem uh, with, the, with the musculature of the esophagus um, or as I say you know, active vomiting is more commonly related to, to stomach issues or, or either metabolic issues or lower down the gut so what I would do, it sounds ridiculous but if your cat is doing this on a regular basis, especially straight after eating uh, when your cat has eaten the next meal, get your camera out or get your phone out and video it um, and then when you go to see your vet, 
you say, look, this is actually what's happening, uh, because often it's very difficult for people to describe to the vet what the actual process is. If, uh, nowadays, with the phone, that's great. We can have a look and see what's happening. But yeah, that's not normal. So you need to get that investigated. I would say probably the little cat is going to need um, some x-rays of chest and abdomen to have a look at the esophagus and the stomach, uh, and probably also some blood work as well. So yeah, I would go ahead. Again, it could just be something as simple as, you know, are we getting a big accumulation of our fur or fur balls? But it's just, it's just unusual. It's happening every day now when it wasn't happening before. So definitely speak to your vet. Okay, we just have time for one more quickly, Sinead, and our feline questions are dominating today. It often happens. We have a cat, two years old. It's a Tom cat, but in the last six months, he's becoming very active at night. In fact, wakening up the house. What can we do, Sinead? Okay, right. Okay, I Mm. wonder what now. I'm wondering when they say it's a Tom cat, is he a neuter Tom cat or is he an entire Tom cat? Yeah, I can't tell you that, yeah. He's entire. Um, I would wonder, is there another... Well, this could happen if he's entire or if he has been neutered. But essentially, um, if he's waking every up at night time, it's either because he's hungry um, or because he wants to go outside. So if he's wanting to go outside at the night time, I'm wondering, is there another cat that's just um, entered into his territory that's causing problems? Or is there another animal outside? So has he been out before at night and he's come across foxes or hedgehogs or things like that? Cats are incredibly curious curious. Um, So I I wonder, is he hearing something outside? Has he seen something outside through the windows that he's wanting to get out to? Um, Or, as I say, is it that he's hungry? So from a hunger point of view, I would ask the owner, is he losing weight? Has he got any vomiting or diarrhea? Is there any problems with appetite during the day? Uh, And if you're having issues like that, I think probably you need to have a chat with the vet. If everything's fine with appetite, and if when you wake him up and you feed him, for example, he's still wanting your attention and he's wanting to go out the answer is environmental so if you can afford it can you set up some kind of CCTV or set up some kind of stakeout and see what's happening but I am very suspicious I'm presuming the cat's waking you up to go outside or to eat there's very other there's very few other reasons yes. that cats will wake you up I mean younger cats might wake you up to have a bit of a play and a racket about um, but normally it's food or outside so have a little bit of a, of a dig around yourself and see what it could be if the cat is not neutered I would definitely encourage that um, number one because it's going to be contributing to a huge number of unwanted pregnancies and a huge number of kittens that are going to struggle to find homes. Um, And number two, also, if they're not neutered, they're more likely to get into scraps and fights um, and have lots of problems and things like that. Okay, that's great, Sinead. Thank you so much. Comprehensive as usual. Thank you, Sinead. Love talking to you. We'll talk again next month. Yeah, absolutely. See you soon. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. The wonderful Sinead Kelly there, our regular vet on Late Lunch. Back in a moment with more of your comments. Now, what else? was I going to say yes some of more of your comments thank you and we'll tell you who's uh, got the book after three o'clock in the show lots of answers there you know your old money as well as the new uh, here's a lovely uh, message that's just come to me in, in the last while hi Jerry. I count myself so lucky to be enjoying lockdown I took some rescue hens before Christmas and haven't had to buy eggs since aren't you lucky I get to do all the things that I didn't have time to do since I was young like sewing growing vegetables baking etc the simple life is great but there just doesn't seem to be enough hours in the day best wishes to you and all at lmfm thank you for that lovely message indeed fully occupied i can't wait to get out this weekend big weekend i'll be getting stuck in and getting in the early seeds and that and we'll be talking to nikki kyle of course on the show next week first week of a new month with all the uh, tasks to be done in the garden at this time hi jerry i agree totally with everything you said at the start of the show but hard things 
are aware for our parents and grandparents. They had to put up with much worse in the World War eras. There was no food and people barely survived. The only difference now is society is split between those who have actually saved a ball of money in the pandemic and those who are practically starving. Like uh, the teachers and Guardia are well looked after by uh, the politicians and other, others like that unfortunate girl in Brigham, um made to close because she didn't want her kids to starve. That's uh, the type of society we have, have and have not, says Peter, this afternoon. Well, look at that girl. Shouldn't be opening, Peter, I have to say to you. Honestly, there's no exception here. And uh, arrests have been made and that's the law. That is the way it is at the moment. But there are supports for businesses. There are. They're there. I don't know whether she's availing of them. Supports for people who can't work as well and they should be tapped into. Look, people, I've been critical of teachers here myself as well in the past. Uh, the Gardaí, uh, they're in stable, safe jobs for sure and they're paid uh, decent wages as well. But look, at that's the profession and they're the ones that they followed. But look, at that is society. That's capitalism for you, Peter. Haves and have-nots. And the battle is to narrow that gap. But I know what you're saying. It is widening and that is the big difficulty for sure. What about Tiger Woods? Ah, one of my heroes. Mm, couldn't believe it. Just saw him on the television at the weekend. It's the big tournament in America, the golf last weekend, was his tournament that he sponsors or is a patron of and has been for 20-odd years. And I saw him on the, the TV. I thought he didn't look the best and was a bit quiet, to be honest with you. But when I heard the news last night of the crash and he's now had surgery on both legs, broken legs. Is that the end for Tiger Woods? I fear it may be, by God, if he comes back from this one. After he only had back surgery recently, but if he comes back from this... It'll be the most incredible comeback of all time. I think, though, the writing may be on the wall at his age and with these injuries at this stage. But I'd never write him off. But I can take it he's gone for this year. He won't be at the Masters or any of the other events. It'll be another road to rehabilitation. But, my God, sorry to hear it. And I wish him a, a speedy recovery. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this uh, Wednesday afternoon. Welcome to the show if you're just joining us. Coming up after news, weather and sport at three, uh, the Adele story rolls on and we'll be chatting to Dr. Dan McCartney about vitamin D. Do remember to support local business when you're shopping if you're out and about the ones that are open of course but remember the doors may be closed but behind the scenes many local businesses are operating online. Think of them when you go shopping online or in person. It's so important right across the northeast remember there are friends, there are neighbours, they employ our family members so let's play our part to support local. They've been good to us in the past we have to think about them at this time and keep them going until uh, that day arrives when we're fully opened up again. Now, Anne O'Neill's been on to say, uh, please, Jerry, would you say thank you to Drogheda Dolls? Yes, Natalie Kelly, we spoke to her on the show recently. They've been very kind. They have indeed. Thanks, Anne. Uh, the book, yes, Mindful Money. Lovely chat I had with Kel Gallivan earlier on in the show. How many shillings in the old, old pound? 20 is the answer. Abigail Mooney, this book is yours. We'll be in touch. Enjoy. It's a great book. The book is called Mindful Money by Kel Gallivan. Well worth having and uh, you'll be much happier and have a few extra bob in your pocket as well. That's for sure. Ah, Nigel, you're the best. Jerry, you're not the full shilling, but we love you. (laughs) I thought I was getting the answer to the quiz there, Nigel. Oh, Nigel, you are awful, but I like you. Do you remember that one? Dick Emery, do you remember Dick? Oh, God. Used to enjoy watching him on the TV. He was a man of many characters, many, many moons ago. Now, Adele is my featured artist of the week on Late Lunch. And continuing her story today, in 2011, Adele became the first artist since the Beatles to have two albums 
and two singles in the top five in the UK charts simultaneously. That same year in the States, Someone Like You, Rolling in the Deep and Set Fire to the Rain, those singles all made number one on the US Billboard Top 100. But 2011 saw her cancel a sellout US tour because of vocal problems for which she had surgery to remove a polyp from her vocal cords. It was successful and she returned to performing in 2012, winning all six categories for which she was nominated at the Grammys that year. Another record achievement. By the end of 2014, Adele had sold 40 million albums and 50 million singles worldwide. Her third album eventually arrived in November 2015 and if her previous one was about breakup, the new one called 25 was all about making up and one of the songs from that album. In fact, it's the title track, uh, the title track from 25, the album. Its video broke all records on YouTube. Listen to this with a billion views in just 88 days. And here it is. Hello. Adele. I love that song. I just love it. Fantastic. The title track from her third album called 25. The Adele story on Late Lunch. My featured artist of the week this week, continuing tomorrow here at the same time with another song and more about her life. She's just brilliant. What a voice she has. She has indeed. Now, final break of the afternoon to come and after the break we're joined by a very good friend of the show going back years and I can tell you he's been a proponent of vitamin D for many a day and especially recently in the context of COVID and yesterday he had the opportunity to sit in the houses of the Oireachtas and make the case. Dr Dan McCartney is with us next. He's been a good friend to us here on Late Lunch for many years and I can think back quite some time he's been always a great proponent of vitamin D and taking supplementation and we spoke to him last year in the context of COVID-19 and how it can help. Yesterday Dr Daniel McCartney, Director of Human Nutrition and Dietetics at TU Dublin, was in the houses of the Oireachtas as part of a group called covid D Consortium and he's on the line with me today. Hello again Dan. Jerry, good afternoon. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me on the show. Well, you had your opportunity with your colleagues, eminent colleagues to pitch yesterday. How did it go? It went well. I mean, they're a team of really fantastic uh, clinicians and scientists that I've been working with over the the last number of months on this and I think we, we made our points clearly to the, the committee and they were very receptive to, to our message. So we'll see how things develop from this, this on. But it was a, a good experience and a, a very positive interaction. You're convinced and your group are that vitamin D can play its part in this whole pandemic and, and fighting it. Explain to our listeners again why. Where, what's your premise? Where are you coming from on this? Well, there's, there's a lot of research, Jerry, that, that backs this up. Before we ever had any specific data that related vitamin D uh, specifically to COVID-19, we already had data from large trials where lots of of, uh, data from individual studies was pooled together that showed us very clearly that vitamin D had a protective effect against acute respiratory infection. So if you look at the most recent of those big studies, it contains data from more than 40 individual trials and 
11,000 participants spread across those trials. And what they discovered was that for people that took vitamin D supplements, they were about 10% less likely to get acute respiratory infection. But if they took vitamin D on a daily basis by supplement, rather than large doses taken at less frequent intervals, if they took it as a daily supplement, it seemed to have an even more effective uh, benefit where their their risk of acute respiratory infection dropped by about 25%. So, I mean, on that basis alone, with the, the situation that we face into at the moment, you would think that vitamin D supplementation is a very good idea. Nonetheless, there have been data that have emerged since last summer. We began to see uh, ecological and geographical data come through from various studies that showed uh, COVID-19 incidents and severity and mortality seemed to increase the further you got away from the equator. And we know that people that live at these higher latitudes generally, not always, but generally, have worse vitamin D status. And indeed, then population studies where they looked at at measured vitamin D levels in the population, we began to see that there was a correlation between those low vitamin D levels and COVID-19 incidence and and mortality. And as the, the, the research in this area moved along, from then onwards, we began in the middle of last summer to see population studies that indicated to us very clearly that those uh, who were vitamin D deficient or who had low vitamin D levels were more likely to become infected with this virus. So there were big, big studies from Israel, from the US and a a few other countries. And then as things moved ahead from there, we started to see hospital studies where vitamin D levels were being tested in uh, in patients that had been admitted with COVID-19. So these were observational studies. In other words, you can't necessarily uh, infer that there's a causal relationship from these. But what, it was a very striking observation. Uh, if you spoke to my colleague, John Fall, uh, who's a professor of respiratory medicine in uh, Connolly Hospital, Blanchardstown, he's used to looking at vitamin D levels in uh, patients that, that come to their clinics. And it was a very, very striking, uh, notable feature of these COVID-19 mm. patients that their vitamin D levels were much lower than even the, the patients that they're used to, to seeing in that clinic. Yes. So, so, we're, we're, so the figures say, Dan, that 60% of adults or older people in Ireland have insufficient uh, vitamin D, especially in the winter time of the year. So today, uh, tell, tell, tell my listeners now, what should you be taking daily? What is the dose you should be taking? 20 to 25 micrograms or uh, 800 to 1,000 international units. That's the the required dose for most adults in the population. There are some groups that are more likely to be deficient than others. For example, people that are overweight or obese, people that have dark skin, or people that are older, especially those that are living in nursing homes. And we also know that shift workers and people that work indoors, including frontline healthcare staff, have lower vitamin D levels than the rest of the population. So those groups may require supplementation at a higher dosage Mm. than that 20 to 25 micrograms. But for most adults, 20 to 25 micrograms will get them over the the critical threshold where we see improvement in immunity. Okay, and 800 to 1,000 international units. What do you hope will come from your appearance uh, in the Iraq this yesterday? What are you looking for? 
Well, I, I think that one of the things that we're really keen to, to see is that the Department of Health give an explicit, clear guideline to the population, the general adult population, about vitamin D supplementation at the dosages that I've just mentioned, 20 to 25 micrograms per day, um, and specifically to protect them against the effects or the, the prospect of uh, becoming infected with SARS-CoV-2 virus. Our guidance in this area to date has been centered around musculoskeletal health. And one of the issues that, that uh, arises with that is that the blood threshold that you need to reach for, uh, for improvement in skeletal health, they're much lower than the blood threshold that you need to reach for optimal immune function. So we need a, a guideline that tells people 20 to 25 micrograms per day for adults, perhaps more under medical supervision, if you're in one of those at-risk groups that I mentioned, um, and that this should be done specifically to enhance uh, immunity. The, the role of vitamin D from experimental uh, studies in this area and laboratory studies in relation to immunological function is, I mean, it's very well established. Yes, yes. Just before we finish, because time's going to beat us, Dan, and a word. Mm. If you have underlying conditions or, or your other medication, should you talk to your pharmacy GP? Yes, there are a few uh, medical conditions that you need to be a little bit careful with here. Uh, sarcoidosis, for example, tuberculosis, uh, certain types of kidney disease, um, lymphoma, or other diseases that are referred to as granulomatous conditions. The reason for that is because in those conditions, you can activate vitamin D in an uncontrolled way in the body, which means that you get a, a bigger biological hit of vitamin D that can push you into toxicity. So if you have any of those conditions, you need to speak with your doctor before supplementing. But usually uh, for people that are being managed by these uh, by, by clinicians for those disorders, those doctors will have spoken to them about that already. Dan, you're, you're great. And uh, I was delighted to see you there yesterday, being a good friend of ours. And I wish you well. And let's see what emerges from this. But good advice. I'm on it myself every day for a, a long time now since you told me back whenever. But uh, thank you for joining me. And I'm delighted to see that you're in uh, where it counts now. And let's see what emerges. Thank you, Dan. Thanks indeed, Jerry. Thanks. Take care of yourself. That's Dr. Daniel McCartney there, Director of Human Nutrition and Dietetics at TU Dublin. That's a lot on Late Lunch today. Big thank you to Brian Farley for guiding me all the way the last couple of hours. Thank you, Brian, for the mug. Oh, I treasure it. I really will. Tomorrow on Late Lunch, Ireland Reads. That's the day tomorrow in this country. It's been designated Ireland Reads Day. So guess what on Late Lunch? We're in dedicating our entire show to reading and books and all that that entails tomorrow. We have a great lineup for you. And I'll just say to you, get ready for tomorrow because I want to hear your favourite book of all time. Your favourite book of all time. We want to hear about them from you, our listeners, on Late Lunch tomorrow. Eddie's coming next with The Drive. Two hours of wonderful music on the way. Take care. Have a nice evening. See you one thirty Thursday. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. Our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe. Sales are click and deliver only through our website, blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze... Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. 
Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.